Good afternoon. So for those of you who have not used Zoom yet, there are a couple of different ways that we can do this platform. Um, and the way that we've chosen to do this platform today is, um, is in a manner that is a little bit more interactive. And in order to make it work, we've got a few guidelines. And one of them is going to be, um, if you have a question or a comment, there's a little chat box down at the bottom of your screen. And so if you click on the chat box, it'll, it should pop up on your screen. On my screen, it pops up on the right side. I'm not sure on which side it'll do that with, with your computer, depending on the device you're using. And you can pop in questions. Now, my recommendation would be in the beginning part, maybe just drop in and say hi, like tell us that you're here, say hello. We love you. We want you to know that we hear you and we're glad that you're here. Um, we want to provide this as a community forum for everyone so that we can connect with each other. Um, we are planning on um, every week on Tuesday and on Friday at noon central. We've got a lineup of some of my colleagues from around the country who um, are who have all different types of medical backgrounds, from MD to DO to naturopathic doctor to um, uh, uh, functional medicine, um, a functional neurology, um, you know, um, autoimmune specialist. We have all different types of of, uh, of of colleagues of mine jumping on, and each week we're going to provide in the beginning part like the first 20 or 30 minutes, we wanna provide some information. Sometimes it'll be just in a discussion format. Sometimes it's going to be in a, in a PowerPoint format. You know, um, and then we, we may even offer some group classes, like meditation, like a meditation course, or a group repatterning session, something that will help uh, us to, you know, to teach us exercises that we can do to manage our, our stress um, and our thought patterns, because this is stressful for everybody. And, um, and, and if, if we can implement some of the, some of the techniques that we're going to be showing you um, over the next several weeks, that's going to really, really help a lot. And then after we go through whatever it is that we want to teach you um, for that segment, then we're going to open it up for Q&A. So you may want to save your, your questions for a little bit, you know, like towards the end, um, towards the last 30 minutes, and then this way your question doesn't get buried. Um, hi, Jessica. Jessica says she's here from Southeast Texas. Megan is here to listen in. Um, we love you, Megan. Thank you. Um, and I just want to introduce some of my team to you before we go ahead and get started. Um, so we have Dr. Tori Thompson, who is on the call with us. She is one of our lead health coaches, and many of you who are already working with us, you already know uh, uh, Dr. Thompson. Anne is on the call with us, and she is our um, lead nutrition coach. Um, we have Alexis Appleberry, who is also one of our health coaches, and Ashley Beckman, who is a health coach as well, who is on our team. She's out in the state of California, kind of in a hot spot right now in the LA um, area, and so um, she's having to um, to uh, do you know her part to help her community over there as well. Ashley, thank you for being a part of our team. Um, and, uh, and then we have Dr. Calvo. So I want to introduce to you, Dr. Calvo. He's a very special friend of mine and, um, and we got to know each other. Oh gosh, I would say two or three years ago, he is an MD out of Austin and, um, he has his roots in orthopedic medicine and Dr. Calvo, he has revolutionized anti-aging and regenerative medicine with stem cell therapy. Um, he is a peptide uh, therapy specialist, and he does a lot of bioidentical hormone therapy um, and nutrition management. And, um, you know, we've really grown to have a, a closer relationship uh, because of his passion in integrative medicine. And when we first heard of this outbreak back in December. Dr. Calvo and I started having regular conversation back and forth on a weekly basis, talking about strategies and techniques um, that we can use and implement um, 
and teach the community so that we can um, strengthen our immune system, preserve our immune system, help uh, you know help to prevent uh, uh, viral replication in the body. And so I reached out to Dr. Calvo literally last minute this morning. And I said, Dr. Calvo, this is going to be our first live Q&A. If you have a few minutes, I would love to have you come on board and, and share with us what you know. Dr. Calvo is a true voice of reason and calm. And uh, thank you very much for joining us, Dr. Calvo. Well, I'm flattered to be here and thank you. Uh, thank you for all your attention. The, uh, uh, do you want to launch right into what I, my thoughts are or do you want to introduce everyone? Um, no, I think, I think we're, um, good to go. Let's, yeah, let's, uh, you know, share with us, kind of tell us what you, what you're going to be sharing with us today and then let's just roll right into it. Okay. Uh, most importantly, um, uh, I, I saw a, a, um, blurb come across the internet this morning that comes down from the FDA, uh, that, that clarifies that we know very little about this virus. Um, there is no definitive cure. There is no official um, means of limiting it other than distancing ourselves and maintaining our health as best we can. Um, and we must be very careful about the uh, passion and vigor we have for what we all think we know about this virus. And as we, as the sun comes up every day, we learn more about it that we didn't know. And many of the myths about it are dispelled by the facts. Um, we don't want to let the facts interfere with the myth, right? But the facts are the facts. And we're learning facts from on the ground, boots on the ground people in China, Italy, uh, Korea, and now the United States. The United States being the fourth leading um, base of coronavirus, uh, the number of cases, China obviously leads, Italy is second and Korea is right there with them. Um, Korea has actually blunted the peak. Italy is in the midst of the, peak, of the peak and we're about two to three weeks behind Italy and we're doing everything we can rapidly to blunt that, creek, that, that uh, peak. And what we do know is that the integral of the curve, if we understand the integration, the integrals of calculus, the integral is the space underneath the graph, underneath the line. And the line can go straight up and then straight down, or the line can be horizontal and go way out. But the space under the curve is the number of cases and, and the um, uh, logistics of the disease. Uh, and what we're trying to do at this point in time, all of us are trying to do, is to blunt that curve and to squash that curve flat so that we can actually maintain and contain and treat the onslaught of the disease. We do not run, want to run out of ICU beds and ventilators. Uh, that will, that's already happened. It's happening in Italy. It happened in China. Uh, Korea blunted it to the point that they were able to control it, and we think we're well on the on the way to being able to control it here in the United States. Um, I just got off of a podcast with uh, Dr. Russell Jaffe, who's a, a, a scholar, 86 years old, acts 40, brilliant, uh, knows the giants of the world, um, has written papers forever. He's a pathologist, uh, and uh, he is the owner and developer of PERQ, P-E-R-Q-U-E, a nutritional supplement uh, that many of us know that company. He's a brilliant man of reason, and I'm a great follower of his and proud to be his friend. Uh, and it, it's clear, as he said, we must maintain our health, maintain our immunity, maintain our distance, and give this, this disease time to develop its own natural course. We don't even know if, as humans, we have the ability to acquire immunity from this, because this is a rapidly mutating virus. It's one that we have no experience with. Uh, so the, the question is, uh, if we have had it unknowingly, uh, gotten over it, no longer we're no longer are we typhoid Mary spewing it about, uh, do we have immunity to the next wave next year when it comes back? These, mo these are most usually seasonal. 
Uh, we don't even know if it's seasonal yet. We don't know if it's heat affected or cold affected or whatever. And there's all sorts of rumors floating around as to what it is. The latest information that I've heard is that it can survive on cold steel for about 24 hours. It can, can survive on plastic for about 48 hours. The latest I've heard is it is now known to be aerosolized and travels in ventilation systems. Um, so what we do know and what the epidemiologists are saying is that from the standpoint of, of close contact, do not touch yourself, do not touch other people unless you have sanitized yourself. Do not get within the spray distance of a sneeze or a cough. Um, avoid intimate contact with those that you, with, any, with everyone, essentially. Um, uh, so, and, and for us to minimize our groups and distance ourselves physically as much as we can. Um, we can optimize our immune system using simple things like vitamin D, vitamin C, and zinc. Uh, there are other ways to do that. We can use whole immune, whole immune and a couple of the other immune boosting products, but those are predominantly effective on people that have lower levels of white counts uh, and may or may not help people that have normal white counts. Um, obviously, we want to optimize uh, nutritional uh, um, patterns in our, in our bodies. Uh, we want to get adequate rest. Uh, we want to stay away from people. And at this point in time, that's, I believe, what we know. And I will be more than happy to learn anything you guys have to tell me that I don't already know. I think that that is some pretty solid information there. And I think just, you know, being honest about, about uh, what we don't know is, is the best, you know, course of action to take on this first call, uh, because you're absolutely right. There's a lot of information that we don't know. And there's a lot of misinformation going out there um, on the internet, you know, saying that, you know, you know, that it came from an animal, you know, or that it came from a lab and I mean really honestly nobody knows yet exactly exactly where this came from um, you know we don't know um, about uh, the, you know our our immunity to this yet um, or how fast that this is going to mutate and so I you know I feel like that you know that's some really really good information um, what do you have now? Um, I know that you and I have recommended a lot of the same supplements um, uh, for helping to, you know, boost the immune system. But before we get into the supplements, um, I was thinking maybe we could uh, talk for a few minutes about how the virus is affecting some people that's making it, um, you know, that's turning it into a critical case where they have to go to the hospital and get ventilation. You know, um, we know that it's causing, you know, in some people, it's not the underactive immune system. It's the overactive immune response that's causing that massive inflammatory reaction um, in the lungs. Do you want to maybe, you know, talk a little bit about that? Because I think so many people are wondering, like, you know, what's happening that is sending a certain, a certain part of the population to the hospital. And if we could maybe explain that, that might calm, calm some concerns a little bit, if they can maybe better understand what's going on. Well, information is changing so fast. I don't want to pontificate and say that I know it all, but what I do know, uh, or what I think I know is that the mechanism of the disease is rather unique for upper respiratory viral infections is it, is that it seems to have an affinity for the cells in the alveoli deep in the lung, whereas most influenza colds and other uh, viruses have more of an affinity for the, for the mucous membranes of the nasopharynx uh, and, um, uh, and are therefore rather superficial and never really get deep in the lung. And when people get into pulmonary problems, it's usually due to secondary infections from pneumonias. Uh, this virus penetrates deep into the lung and latches onto the cells of the alveoli. It dumps its RNA into those cells and then it replicates deep in the lung and then it begins to interfere with oxygenation. Uh, the other thing that they have found, and I don't believe this is a, a guess, I believe this is probably factual, is that it causes uh, iron disassociation from heme decreasing oxygen, oxygen carrying capacity of the blood. 
The other thing that's been recently brought to my attention is that uh, it not only has pulmonary effect, but it also has myocardial effect. And therefore the diseases that people are, that are dying from, the symptoms and or diseases that people are dying from are pulmonary and cardiovascular. There's two components of that. One is, that, is that when you get congestive um, uh, disease of the lungs due to the lungs not being able to oxygenate due to the backup of blood pressure inside the lungs, you begin to get pulmonary, you begin to get pressure on the right heart. Uh, and that's gonna, that, if someone's already got a sick heart, their heart's gonna be overworked to the point they can't function anymore. Um, so the remediation is aimed at support and decreasing the, decreasing the load on the heart, increasing oxygenation, et cetera, but you can only do that to a certain extent. Um, the, the big worry in the world, and it already happened in Italy where they ran out of ventilators. And I heard a great novel story that, that Elena, you sent me. Uh, it's a study, a study, I think, of one um, group of people, and it originated in Vegas uh, after the massacre there when they ran out of ventilators in Vegas because they overwhelmed the system with the number of chest shots that they got, that uh, they found that they could actually um, maximize their use of the ventilators by Y-tubing all the ventilators. They actually put, on, put four people on one ventilator. I don't know that Italy learned about that. Uh, but this is something that I discussed this morning with one of my favorite viral, uh, uh, anesthesiologists in, uh, in Illinois. And I said, you need to get this out to your cohorts and say, look, if you guys get overwhelmed, you need to Y-tube all your ventilators and quadruple, du duplicate or quadruple your ventilator cap capability until you give people well or you get more ventilators. And yeah. kind of Vietnam strategy, it's triage. Um, so, um, so go ahead. can I jump in really quick? So a couple of things for all of you listening. Um, if you, uh, if you go to, I don't even know if I posted that. Did, have any of you listening seen that post from that article? Because I can repost it uh, in our Facebook page and that, that may be something that everybody will want to share because some people in the medical industry somewhere, like we're all connected to people you know, in the medical industry somewhere, even if you're not a doctor yourself. If we can share that information, you know, that could be something that helps to save lives. So, um, uh, Dr. Tori, can you write that down to remind me so that we can post that uh, to our Facebook page? Um, and this is something that maybe you guys can share. Um, in regards to one of the mechanisms that we're seeing happen where the um, body is not able to utilize the iron um, as, an, you know, as a result of, of this viral infection, is there anything that just now, I know that this is all speculation because we've never had to deal with this before. So we don't always, I mean, like we don't really know exactly what's going to work and what's not, but just with our knowledge of how the body works, is, is there anything that we think we can do supplement wise that might help mitigate that issue? I literally have no clue. I was just introduced to that concept yesterday and I haven't had time to tease it out and uh, to determine what, uh, what can we do to reassociate iron with heme? Uh, what can we do to um, increase the red count? We can obviously transfuse, we can obviously uh, add erythropoietin to stimulate more red blood cells from the marrow, et cetera. Uh, we can give iron, uh, we could add uh, chelated iron, which is uh, much more effective than iron sulfate or uh, the other irons that we give orally. Um, uh, and and the, the problem with this is apparent, apparently it, it, its enzymes or mechanisms interfere with the association of the, of the iron with the hemoglobin and therefore disassociates those one from the other. How do you reassociate them? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure anybody knows. Um, but but uh, that's, that's a good question. With respect to the lungs, obviously, um, getting control of the, of the lung pulmonary toilet, so to speak, uh, to adding um, peak end expiratory pressure, known as PEEP, uh, using a ventilator, uh, forcing water out of the lungs and back into the system, getting rid of the edema of the lungs would increase oxygenation. 
uh, and generally supporting the patient until they until they hopefully would recover on their own. Yeah. Well, what I'm hoping that we can kind of steer the conversation towards are things that like, what can we do at home? Um, and we're talking like the whole picture here from, you know, uh, limiting our time watching the news, which all that does is cause stress. And, you know, when we have that cortisol going up all day long, that depresses our immune system and and it and it causes problems with our sleep which further decreases our immune function right now you know let's let's do the conversation towards what can we do at home we're all being told to stay inside and um and and you know now that we're all inside and we're going oh my god what do we do um you know give us some some recommendations on some things that you feel can help. First of all, we know that isolation, guys, is huge. We can't take this lightly anymore. We really need to stay um, isolated from other people so that we can um, flatten the curve, so to speak, so that uh, so that you know so that we can come out of this um, on a po uh, on a more positive note. Yeah, I think that um, that uh, again, going back to Russell Jaffe. Uh, this man is a genius, and um, I believe and listen to every word he says. And his his concept is that coronavirus is just a virus, and we have weathered that storm for billions of years, and we will weather this storm. Although some will not, uh, and the ones that will are probably Darwin Darwinized to the survival of the fittest just like everything else. And he is a strong believer that we are the uh, reflection of what we drink, what we eat, what we hear, and what we see. And he says, control your thoughts, control what you listen to, control what you see, control what you eat, and control what you drink. Good water, good food, good sounds, good visions, and surround yourself with similarly positive people. Those are the, the basic uh, fundamentals of what Jeff, Dr. Jaffe recommends from, a, from what you're talking about. Now, isolation does not mean solitary confinement. No. Isolation means distance yourself from people. I mean, you can walk to your driveway and get paper and talk to your friend and wave at the neighbor across the street and take a walk on the golf course like Diane and I did yesterday. But you don't have to get, give up a bear hug and, and you know, high five and, and all the stuff that where you normally are used to doing. And it's probably not a good idea to be attending uh, voluminous birthday parties and nighttime bar clubs. So I think from that perspective, it's uh, just be reasonable. It's, and this is a time for, for, and I find it very relaxing. It's a time for me to just chill and do things that I was too busy to do before because I was too, too busy doing instead of being. And so we are human beings, not human doings. And therefore, maybe this is all meant for a reason. I, I'm not terribly religious. I am spiritual. I believe religion was developed by man and spiritual was developed by God. So I, I think that this might be here for a reason. And it may be a, a trial run for us to get ready for something worse. And it's going to change the world. It already has. Yeah, it definitely has. And I think that, uh, you know, I have to totally agree with you. You know, keep, keep your thoughts in check. Um, notice when your thoughts are getting away from you and you're starting to think thoughts that are not serving you, you know, or in this case, the world. I think this is a really good time for reflection and to remember that we're all in this together. We are all connected. We're all family, whether we know each other or not. And, and for us to, you know, step up and 
you know, start to implement things in our life that we've needed to implement for maybe years for some of us, you know, it, this is time to sit back in, you know, in these quieter times where we do need to, you know, stay away from other people. Um, and, and we have an opportunity to make some changes that can really shift the paradigm of health in our, not only in our country, but around the entire world. Previous to this viral pandemic, we have seen a rise in chronic health issues um, and mental health issues uh, like we've never seen before. And we've seen this over the last 40 years. And many of us ignored it for a long time, uh, just you know, going to the doctor, taking the medications, covering up the symptoms but it can't be ignored anymore. And one of the things that I believe, that I feel, that makes this viral pandemic um, even a bigger problem is that so many people around the world are immune compromised to begin with. And while that's common, it is not normal. And we need to change that. We need to change that for our children and we need to change that for our grandchildren. We see more and more kids that already have a compromised immune system. And that's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And so, like Dr. Calvo said, this is a time for us to sit back and reevaluate and reprioritize and reprioritize what's really important, not just for us, but for our generations to come, so that we can start making the changes that we need to make uh, so that we can better protect ourselves. Um, I want to go ahead and open up for some Q&A. Uh, we're about 30 minutes in now, and so, um, you know, trying out this format like we're trying out today, if you have a question, I think the best way for you to ask it would be in the chat box. Um, we can always, you know, try uh, taking the mic off, but I just wonder that if there's so many people on the call, too many people, you know, if we have, if you have more than one person talking at the same time, the, uh, the, the, this platform isn't going to pick up both voices. So I'm thinking if you just throw something into the chat box, let's go ahead and jump into some Q&A. You might have questions on what supplements to take, how much to take them, maybe, you know, dosing for your kids. Um, foods to stay away from that are, you know, inflammatory um, or that can depress your immune system. Does anyone have any questions that they want to ask? One thing I wanted to add that one that we might just to, since we're this is our first time and it's kind of a beta run is that we might want to put the minutia and the details of the scientific information that that many of us know that we don't have time to present it all in the form of a bibliography um, uh, in a YouTube, in a, in a paper or whatever medium that we possibly put together and then add that for people to come back and look at later at their own discretion. I think that's a wonderful idea. Um, we could not only pull the audio from this uh, to use it as a podcast, but we can create a transcript for it and then we can add that at the bottom. I think that's a wonderful idea. Yeah. I, I, I think that's really, really good. Um, okay, so we've got some questions coming in. Let me read uh, the first one. And then um, any of you, Dr. Calvo, Dr. Tori, uh, Dr. Ashley, Anne, um, Alexis, Rosita, any of you are welcome to jump in if you guys want to answer the question. Um, what would you recommend for our children to boost their immune support? Dr. Tori, this might be a good one for you. Yes, yes. Um, like you guys had mentioned, food is going to be our biggest, biggest, you know, immune support. Have your kids eat lots of color, lots of veggies. But going in supplement-wise, um, vitamin D is extremely important to keep that immune system functioning. Um, we're, you know, we love vitamin A as well. It's kind of one of those secretive um, immune boosters. Everybody knows vitamin C, but we love vitamin A. Um, and then going in with, you know, some of the multis and some of those, you know, multis that have a lot of these minerals a good probiotic is really going to help, you know, support the gut, support that immune system that lives in the gut. So 
getting some sort of probiotic or gut support is also going to be really big and really um, beneficial for the for the kiddos. And they have so many good, um, you know, chewies and gummies that they can take, so it's not horrific. Exactly. Yeah, there are a lot of things in drops and gummies and chewables for the kids. And uh, Dr. Ashley Beckman, who is a practitioner and one of our health coaches on our team out of the LA, the Los Angeles area out of California, which is a hot spot right now for this virus. Um, she has been in practice for many, many years. Um, and she also has a background in Chinese medicine um, and acupuncture. Uh, Dr. Ashley, can you chime in on some other immune support, maybe some herbals or even some um, homeopathics that maybe we're not familiar with? Sure. Um, yeah, so there's actually, um, I was on a call last night with a bunch of other, other acupuncturists too to see how they've been treating it in China because they have been using a lot of formulas and there's been actually a lot of time now where they've been able to see kind of what works and what hasn't. And um, as people know, sometimes you need to modify these formulas, which makes it tricky to each individual. Um, but we do have a couple formulas that are prevention based. Um, and one is called Yuping Fang Sun, which is called Jade Windscreen Formula. So it's basically to help prevent um, pathogens from entering. And, um, but there are more things like, um, this is considered a cold damp pathogen. I don't know if that makes sense to people, but um, cold toxin and damp toxin is unusual. So yeah, the things that are better for this to help it are warm things, um, hot ginger, hot gin cinnamon teas. Those really help boost um, the lungs and the lung function. Again, astragalus is very common. Um, we're looking at things that you need to focus on the lung and the spleen function. So again, this is, those are two things. The spleen uh, makes damp and the lungs can contain and store the damp. So from the Chinese medicine perspective, we look at those things um, to boost. So, and then homeopathics, I still, even though it's a little bit different, I still ask people to keep on hand a silicoxinum um, which is great. Another, that's for kids or adults. There's a new great homeopathic company called Genexa out. They make a cold crush and a flu remedy. Those are great for kids and adults just to keep in your cabinet. So that's the main thing I tell everyone too is, you know, you want to have these things on hand. Um, I've made recommendations to patients and everything sells out. And so um, I've been telling people since for at least a week to get, you know, get the colloidal silver. I also love the liposomal cat's claw. Um, I get the liposomal D and B, um, the zinc, all of those things. Keep it on hand because you should be taking it now. And a lot of the kids can take it. So um, yeah, I don't yeah. think people realize the gravity of this and they're not really understanding to just start taking these things now because you're, you know, you're looking at a couple of months of um, exposures, let's just say. Yeah. So um, pretty much everyone here or in, you know, in Los Angeles, we've, we've, I think we've been exposed. And that's the thing is, is um, the community aspect of this spreading is what I've seen firsthand. And it's um, something to really be mindful of. And that's why people just need to stay home. It's really important. Um, we want this, you know, just to pass um, with as minimal issues as problem, you know, as possible. And again, I do use the colloidal silver too. Mm -hmm. I use silver psyllin. And we have a couple of people asking about that. But I want to go back to the cat's claw for a minute. Because for a lot of people listening, like this, you know, we're throwing out words. If it's anything outside of a vitamin or a mineral, it's like, whoa, what is that? So don't forget, if you don't mind, before the end of this to take some of the Chinese herbals that you recommended, uh, you know, uh, maybe, maybe you could write them down into the chat because some of the things you mentioned, like I would have no idea how to spell it, but, but also for, for those um, regarding cat's claw. So cat's claw, uh, for those of you who are wondering, um, it is a, a potent, um, uh, very well-known antiviral supplement. Can you talk a little bit about cat's claw? Because I know that, 
Some people may be thinking that they should wait until they start having symptoms before they take it, but is this something that they can start taking now? And around, like, what would be a good dose for an adult? And then, you know, how would we kind of titrate that down for, like, you know, a kid that's, like, half that size, like, around 12 years old, and then a kid that's half that size, like, around five, something like that, for example. Sure. So um, I've had everyone get Cat's Claw because I love it as an antiviral. Um, it works on so many different ways. And I think it's so easy. I, I love this liposomal delivery, which we all really like. It's easy for adults and kids. So generally as a preventative, right now I, I ask um, patients to just take one pump in the morning um, and then one in the afternoon. So they can I think if you've been exposed um, in any way by someone that you know, then you can double that. Um, I mean, people can take more, but again, you just want to, I think a good standard dose is great to maintain. And when you talk about the liposomal cat's claw, are you referring to the Quicksilver liposomal cat's claw? Or uh, which which the, brand? I use about? the Designs for Health. Um, Designs for Health? Paper, since it's, you know, basically the same thing. Right, so, right. Um, so whichever one is in stock and available, but I still have been using a lot of Designs for Health products because I really like the Liposomal C, which is in stock, the Lipo D and um, the Lipo B. So I, that's part of my whole protocol for everybody. And then the silver spray and then adjust, like you said, so half the dose for about a 12 year old. Then whoever, whoever has their... Speaker not on mute. Go ahead and mute that. I want to mention one thing, if I may. Sure. Yeah. Uh, some of the demographics that are coming out of Italy and Korea are showing that, in spite of the um, the underplayed aspect of the millennials and children, there are a huge number of twenty-somethings that are quite ill uh, with this disease, um, and. Uh, they are having really bad problems. Some of those are even being put on CPAPs and BiPAPs, even though they may not be needing a ventilator. Uh, they're having tremendous problems with handling the, the, the standard run-of-the-street version of coronavirus. Um, the, we all know that that the that the, there is a large group of these of these people. These kids have got great immune systems and able to handle it from the standpoint of personal disease, but they're carriers. Um, and they're shedding viruses for two to four weeks afterwards. And the, the, uh, the um, powers that be that spoke this morning on the news update were, were stating that probably Dr. Siegel on Fox News, et cetera, or whichever channel you like to listen to, um, said that they really need two sequential, two day apart negatives to really prove that they're negative. Uh, even after they've recovered from this disease, because sometimes they may be negative on the first test and the second one, they're positive. And, yeah. and so we have to be a little careful about that. So what, we're, what we've, been, we've been led to believe that this disease have, has a J-shaped curve instead of the standard U-shaped curve that most infectious diseases have that affect the young and the old. In fact, there's more than meets the eye about this and that there are young people even in the, the, the flat part of the curve in the bottom in the 20s and 30s that are affected. There are some deaths in the 30 to 40 age group uh, in China. They, they did a study where they did a, looked at 150 deaths and they, they did the, the, the um, histograms of the deaths and the, morbid, the morbidity, morbidity and the mortality. And obviously the right end of the curve uh, showed most of the deaths and most of the morbidity, but there were some deaths and some quite bad disease on the middle of the curve and towards the beginning of the curve. Now, the, the very young don't seem to have that much of an effect in that, and we still don't know why. Uh, we do know that the young uh, immune system is quite naive. And I've heard that this is a little bit of a Goldilocks disease. Um, that too little immunity is bad and too big, too strong immunity is bad, and we want to be just right. We want to be in the middle. So that's kind of new news to me. I thought the more immunity you had, the better. Uh, but that may not be the, the case. Uh, these children uh, have naive immune systems, and what is happening is that the virus is not killing these kids. 
uh, and their body's not reacting to the virus. So they're not seeing anything. The old folks have no immunity and their bodies are reacting violently to the disease and killing them. So it's an interesting paradox. Right. And, and that just, you know, thank you for sharing that. Um, and, you know, if I can kind of like just maybe summarize or put some perspective on what Dr. Calvo just said, because his, his intention is not to scare people, but, um, you know, when, when we're listening to what he's saying, we, we just need to come back to, you know, focusing on our immune systems and realizing that over the last 30 to 40 years, you know, many, many people, I mean, like a huge, most of the population um, has started to develop some sort of an autoimmunity issue. Um, and, you know, a lot of this stuff starts with the gut. We're not going to get into all that stuff now, but it starts with lifestyle factors and foods and gut and all of that stuff. And so, and so, um, you know, taking it back in the direction of, of things that we can do. Um, we've got another question here. Rosita who's on our team and uh and and uh she does a lot of work with um mindset and and helping teach um techniques for um for reframing your thought processes which will be very very helpful as we're going through all of this together but she's asking about um she's asking a question that uh a lot of our clients and a lot of our friends have been asking and that is you know should i use a colloidal silver nasal spray as a preventative again we don't really know much about this virus however from what we know about viruses in general um, and other infections for that matter. Colloidal silver can be a really good agent uh, being used as an antiviral or antimicrobial. Um, and, uh, and so I'm using it. I actually have some sitting here somewhere on my desk. I have been using it personally, um, the nasal spray, and I've been using it a few times a day. Um, we've been in the midst of a, traveling and we're trying to figure out how to get back home right now uh, before the airlines shut down just in case they do. So um, we have definitely been using it. Um, it is known to be effective against viruses and bacteria and, and other different uh, you know, infectious type agents. We have another question here. Um, I would like to know what supplements are best to take at this time and where to purchase them. Veronica, I just posted in the chat down towards the bottom a link to our recent article on um, on uh, supplements and doses and I have all of the references behind all of the supplements that we're recommending. So I've got all of the scientific studies uh, showing how they can either help to prevent viral replication or they help to support the immune function. Um, just so if you want to nerd out over that, any of you, we've got all of the uh, references in that article as well. Um, Dr. Tori, do you want to take the next question? I think we've got another one from... Jessica, do you see that one about, uh, I have not thought about my immune system as being compromised? Yep, you read my mind on this one. I, um, the question is that she has not thought of her immune system as compromised, but she's learning she has a leaky gut, which she is sure will impact things. I was on a call last night with a bunch of Lyme doctors, and we were talking about this, and we were talking about the words immunocompromised being thrown around right now. And What's interesting is it's being thrown around probably more than it should. Um, you know, everyone's thinking they're immunocompromised. And the consensus of some of these, you know, big Lyme doctors was really, you know, your immune system, yeah, might take a few hits from having leaky gut or autoimmunity or things like that. But when we're talking about immunocompromised, we're talking about that person that is constantly gets sick with you know, every flu, every cold, everything like that. And that's really what they're talking about of the immunocompromise. If you have leaky gut, we know that your gut is not functioning, you know, as well as it should and your immune system lives in there. So I would really focus on a good probiotic, eating well and supporting the body. But I wouldn't go as far to say as that's severely immunocompromised. I would still say take your precautions and take care of yourself. But I don't think it's you know, as far as saying you're severely immunocompromised. That's a, that's really, really good. Um, how about, here's another one from um, Carol Moody. You know what, I just want to go back to that for just a second. Um, I'm so glad that you asked that question 
And Dr. Troy, I'm so glad that you answered that because you're right, it's being thrown around a lot and everybody's scared that they're immunocompromised, um, you know, in that really, really severe way. Um, now, that's not to say that, um, you know, if you're not out there catching every single cold and all of that, that you don't need to, to take proper action to eat healthy and to do the things to support your immune function right now. You know, this is highly virulent, which means that this is spreading very, very easily and very, very quickly. So you need to do the things that you can do on the preventative side. Don't freak out, just take preventative measures. Um, Carol says that uh, she's staying at home and she's in the higher risk category and she's concerned about her husband possibly bringing the virus home um, from his large family services office where many clients are coming in. Um, it sounds like your husband has been told that they will not be allowed to work from home and must serve the public. I am also concerned because I have to walk to use my hands more as I am legally blind and have to use a walker. Okay, so here's some practical tips. And if any of you have anything else to throw in, let's just throw it in, okay? Because this is real life stuff here. So he's having to leave the house. He's having to get out there. What can he do to help prevent the spread? One idea would be um, if you guys have a garage, set up a sanitation station in your garage. Set up a sanitation station there. And that can include um, a, a bucket of soap, soap and uh, a bucket of water and some soap and some clean towels um, so that he can thoroughly, thoroughly wash his hands and his face uh, whenever he comes home. And then he can follow that with, uh, with a sanitizer that has alcohol in it. I believe they were saying, what, 70% minimum alcohol? Now, a lot of the sanitizers out there um, are gone. Uh, they're gone off the shelf. You can easily make one by using, a, uh, by using um, alcohol and mixing it with some vegetable glycerin or, um, or aloe vera gel, or just use a little bit of just plain alcohol. It's not gonna hurt you to put alcohol on your face. And, you know, I mean, we used to use it as astringent when we were kids, you know, take a cotton ball, rub it on, you know, put a little bit on your hands. And then, you know, he can take his clothes off and uh, walk them straight into the washing machine, wash everything on hot. Um, and then he can go straight into the shower. That, I mean, that just seems like a, a good common sense protocol that we can go ahead and implement rather than him just walking into the house, touching the doorknobs and, you know, making a trail through the house, um, you know, before he gets himself clean. So you can set up a station in the garage. And of course, if he's going to, you know, derobe, he may have a towel so he can like walk into the house, go straight into the shower or whatnot. And then you're, you're gonna want to um, have him go back once he showers and then um, sanitize the doorknobs or anything that he may have touched. And let's not forget to clean our cell phones on a regular basis right now. We need to clean our cell phones. There's already a lot of germs on cell phones and people don't think to clean them. But right now, that's gonna be a really good time to take your Clorox wipes out and clean your cell phone, especially if you've had to leave the house. Does anybody else have anything, uh, anyone else on the team or Dr. Calvo have anything else, any ideas that would help keep people safe so that they're not spreading it to their family when they come home? Just a word of caution, um, it seems absurd, but there were a number of people in Iran that died from alcohol poisoning. Uh, by thinking that they could take alcohol to avert the disease and they were using industrial alcohol. Um, which you mean internally? Internally. The other side of this is that the, uh, you know, bourbon in your bar, which you shouldn't be drinking anyway, uh, is, is 40 proof, which is not very strong. Isopropyl alcohol is, you know, fairly decent. Um, just run of the mill isopropyl alcohol. So make sure you've got something that's a high percentage, but by no means should anyone be imbibing, uh, thinking that this would possibly fight or, or gargling with it or up their nose or anything like that. Because it's, there, there are some, there were a number, like a hundred plus fatalities from alcohol poisoning. Uh, one other, real quick, I'm not gonna monopolize this any more than I have already, and I apologize ha having taken the floor too much. No, uh, love having you, Dr. Calvo. Anything you have to add is fine. But, uh, I, I was asked to talk, I was uh, mentioned that I know something about peptides. 
Uh, and the peptides that are of, of interest in this disease <clears throat> um, process are thymosin alpha-1, which is a thymus-based um, uh, peptide that turns back on the T-cell production, which we know fights viruses. Um, it potentiates those. It works incredibly well in some of the more novel viruses that we know about, such as herpes, cytomegalovirus, et cetera. We don't know if it works with this virus or not, but it can't hurt. Uh, we take it, uh, and we take it on a daily basis, about uh, 15 international units on the tuberculin syringe. Uh, we get it from TaylorMade. It's not an ad for them. I don't get paid by them, uh, but I use TaylorMade because we're the best one out there. Uh, Number two is uh, the thymosin beta-4, also known as thymosin 500, uh, another thymus-based um, that uh, tremendously potentiates uh, immunity. Um, the, um, there's a neuro, um, um, nootropic, um, predominantly nootropic peptide known as C-Link, S-E-L-A-N-K, that is tremendously antiviral. Uh, one of the side benefits is it's tremendous, tremendously antiviral. There's a specifically an antiviral antibacterial peptide known as LL37 that will kick most viruses' butts, um, and it breaks down uh, um, it breaks down um, the the protective uh, uh, slime that these bacterial infections and viruses can make uh, as a defense. Um, biofilms, that's the word I was trying to search for. Uh, and then lastly, there's a, a, a non-peptide that is well known to help uh, in most of these situations is called pentosan polysulfate or also known as pentosan 54. Those are the one, two, three, four, five that are available out there in the peptide world, if you will, uh, that could potentially help. And I'll shut up and listen. Okay, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, just so that all of you know, I did put the link to Dr. Calvo's recent article um, that talks about peptide therapy. Um, I put that into the chat box. So you guys grab that link if that's something that you're interested in because you can reach out to Dr. Calvo personally if you want to um, add some peptide therapy into your regimen right now. I think that you know anything that we can do to protect ourselves, I think that I think that you know that that that's definitely you know reasonable to uh, to do that. So definitely grab that link and um, and his phone number and his contact information is on there, um, as well as the article, so that you can get some more information on that and possibly uh, get started on some peptides with Dr. Calvo as well. Um, Another question, let's see, we're coming up on, on time here soon, but I wanna make sure that we get in everyone's questions. If I see a question that's repetitive, um, I, I probably will skip over that because we've already answered it. Okay, so just so you know that. Um, Corey has a question. She's asking um, um, if we are on a mold slash candida detox, uh, do we continue with this at this time or, for, or, or focus more on immune boosting? Everything that you're doing to eliminate the mycotoxin or mold that you have in your body is, is directly boosting your immune system. So you definitely want to stay on your protocols. Mycotoxins, um, just like uh, this particular viral infection and many other types of infections, they produce a ton of biofilm, which, uh, which is just a breeding ground for more co-infections. So we definitely want to stay on your, um, your anti-mycotoxin type diet uh, regiment at this time for sure. There's not a better time to stay on it, as a matter of fact. Um, Marissa, um, okay, nope, I don't see, let me see, I think we got everything. Actually, here, Sharon, um, Sharon says that yesterday I went out to the grocery store to get a few things and lost my phone. After stressing out and looking for my phone, I had to go to the AT&T store and deal with the people there to get another one. She was so, you were so stressed out. I mean, you came home feeling very emotionally and physically depleted and afraid of being around people out in the public. Very understandable, Sharon. So her question is, what should we do for stress from the news? Being with people out in public, dealing with the traumatic events, I feel the stress is compromising my immune system. What can I do to protect myself and my husband? That is such a good question. Um, limit your time 
on social media. Limit your time um, on the news. Join us for these things. We're going to be doing this Tuesday and Thursday, Sharon. I've known you for many years now. I love you dearly. Um, uh, you know, you've not only been a wonderful client and a wonderful ambassador for the type of work that we're doing, but you are a friend and you're like family to me. You know, join us because this way we can all be connected. Um, FaceTime. FaceTime your, your daughter, you know, uh, FaceTime your friends and stay connected with them that way. But don't spend all day watching the news. And when you catch yourself with these racing thoughts of, oh my gosh, this is going to happen or that's going to happen or that's going to happen, catch yourself and instead open up that gratitude journal. Now is a really good time for everybody to get into those gratitude journals and start writing stuff down, write what you're grateful for. I made a post this morning in our, in our private Facebook groups asking people to put, you know, write, write two things that you're grateful for and what you're looking forward to tomorrow. I haven't had anybody else, I haven't had anyone answer that yet. I've had a few people go, whoa, way to go. Thanks for posting that. But nobody's actually taken action. Take some action. This is the time that you want to implement this stuff. Um, we have, we are going to have special guests coming on. Um, I, I believe I have them lined up um, every every week. We've got we're we're gonna have a, a guest coming on talking about the medical scientific perspective of things, and then we're gonna have somebody else coming on talking about the psychological optimization side of things, and even giving us um, um, exercises and walking us through things that we can do all of us together while we're on the call, to you know from breathing techniques to teach you how to release stress um, to repatterning, you know all different types of techniques that we can use because. What Dr. Calvo said, and and this is coming from a guy who who is who is who was very ingrained in, in the in the traditional medical model for many many years, um, you know, and even he is saying your mindset has so much to do with with how you and everybody else is going to come out of this, and so we really need to reframe ourselves. And so Sharon, you know, if you're feeling stressed out, get into a couple of yoga poses. Focus on your breathing. Um, get on a call with, with Rosita. You know who Rosita is. She's on our team. Um, you know, I, I was going to call her myself today um, and, and just, you know, see what we can do, you know, in general for our, you know, for all of our listeners and everybody tuning in. Um, and, um, and, and just, you know, spend some time in gratitude and don't allow yourself to go down that down that spiral of stinking thinking because right now that's not going to help you. And if you need to take something for adrenal support just to help calm your adrenals, so there's a few different things that you can take. Um, Adrenal Distress Guard by Perk, that stuff is awesome. That stuff works so good and you can take up to six a day if you need to. You know, take two in the morning, two at noon, two in the evening. You can totally do that. Um, so if you need to order some Adreno Distress Guard, you can get it from Fullscript. If they're out for some reason, message our team and we'll find another substitute because there are a lot of good um, um, adrenal calming substances out there. Um, GABA can be very, very calming neurologically for the brain as well. So there's a lot of things and just reach out to us and ask if you need help like that. Um, l has a great help taking it throughout the day if you need it as well. Absolutely. So L-theanine is a precursor to GABA. And, um, and so, yes, that's definitely wonderful. And typically people will notice the effects of, of L-theanine, uh, usually within 30 minutes of taking it. Um, and you want to take that on an empty stomach. And so, yeah, so you can do GABA, you can do L-theanine, um, you know, different, um, different approaches. And we use both of those. Thank you for mentioning that. Um, let me see if we've got any other questions that we can answer. Sleep is important. Sleep is so important. There's, uh, a, there's a peptide called DSIP, Delta, initiate, Delta, Delta Slow Wave Initiating Peptide. Uh, and it will make you sleep like high school. Wow. Two or three times, a, two or three injections a month, sub-Q. Wow. For those of you wondering, sub-Q just means it's right in the side of the skin. It doesn't go, like, it's not a big, big needle. It's just as sub-Q means subcutaneous, right, just right inside the skin. Belly, um, belly fat. Yeah. Um, 
what else do we have? I know, okay, so I see um, Alexis, who is one of our coaches on our team. And um, Alexis, Alexis comes to us with a lot of really valuable background um, in that um, she worked for Apex Energetics for many years. Um, and Apex Energetics is a supplement company um, and we use a lot of their products. Uh, they have some really wonderful formulations. And so uh, she would really nerd out on all of the white papers or the, all the scientific papers behind how these different supplements work. And she just had something uh, to add in, she wanted to talk a little bit about glutathione um, and, and what she's researched and how that might help. Um, and then once we're done with that, we'll go ahead and call it call it done for the day. Um, and I would love to hear your feedback. Please leave it in the chat. We want to know how we can make this better for you. This is about you. Um, and so please leave comments in the chat box. Please let us know. I want to hear from every single one of you. Let us know if this is valuable to you, what we can do to serve you better. Um, and, um, but I'll go ahead and let you do that. And then while you're doing that, Alexis, if you want to chime in and, and tell us a little bit about the, the glutathione and how that might be able to help us in this situation. Can't hear you. Okay, I guess we'll just have to do this the old-fashioned way. There we go. Can you hear me now? Okay. So glutathione is a master antioxidant, um, but it's also very, very key to supporting our immune system. So what it does is it will help support and drive those T regulatory cells and the natural killer cells, which is our frontline defense to fight against the viruses and bacteria. Um, and plus it also helps balance out the immune system, which is gonna be important. The other thing glutathione does is it protects the mitochondria. It's also a very powerful um, um, detoxification tool to unburn the immune system. But also lastly, and I think um, maybe most importantly, is that it also enhances the effects of vitamin D. So we know that when glutathione is low, that vitamin D does not work as efficiently. Um, and then as far as the form of glutathione, the liposomal is really going to be the best form, um, but you can also find it in a reduced form in capsules. And then as far as dosage goes, it really just depends on how burned your immune system is. So people that drink alcohol or they have chronic conditions are going to need higher amounts of glutathione than those of us that just have regular immune systems. Okay, that's, that's really good information. Does anyone else have anything else to add to that? Okay. Um, well, Elena, we don't really have time to get into NAD, uh, but NAD is a powerful uh, contributor to the electron chain, chain transport system in the mitochondria. Uh, that is the, the, um, the origin of phosphorylation of, of venison to AMP, ADP, and ATP, all of which are the cryptocurrency of our body, our entire body for function. Uh, and NAD in my hands has, tur has turned into be a, a magic potion IV or, or uh, as a dermal patch or as an oral. So it's, we don't have time to get into the details there, but like glutathione, it's a great uh, empowerer of the uh, mitochondria. Yeah, that's true. And, and, uh, you know, we should, we should jump on a, uh, we should jump on a dedicated, uh, podcast and talk about mitochondrial function, uh, because that's a huge, huge topic. And a lot of people are finally, um, you know, hearing these terms for the first time when, you know, as far as like what, you know, what, what mitochondria is, what mitochondrial function is and things that we can take to support our, our, um, um, you know, energy, our cellular energy reserves and to help, you know, maximize function of that. So yeah, we definitely, you're right. That's a whole nother topic of conversation that we'll definitely need to get into. I want to thank you, Dr. Calvo, for joining us. It just means the world to me that you took the time out of your day. I know that you've been really busy. Um, and I, I value I value your time. We all are very grateful that you came on board to uh, share some of this with us. Please know that um, over the next coming weeks, um, we will be, you know, as you know, all of you, uh, 
we will be doing this every Tuesday and every Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. And Dr. Kelly, you're welcome to join us at any time if there's information that you want to share with the community. Um, yeah, we're totally happy to have you again. Thank you, Elena. And I wanted to show you my leisure reading. Mitochondria in the future of medicine. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's really, really good stuff. Um, so did everyone, um, I saw some comments uh, in the group chat. Um, I would say um, make sure before we jump off, make sure that you've grabbed the links. I will also grab the um I'm gonna see if I can grab all of the uh, chat here from the recording. Doesn't it, I've got a quick question, Dr. Tori, doesn't Zoom grab everything that was in the chat? The transcript of everything? I think it does. I believe it goes into the transcript, but I can copy it too. Yeah, so we'll go ahead and copy that so that you've got some of the links and some of the names of these different herbals and things like that so that you've got that if you didn't already grab it. Um, if you haven't already connected with us in our Facebook group, please do so. This is a time to be active in a supportive group. Um, we're all here to support each other and to lift each other up. So I really encourage you to be active um, in, in the group and uh, take my challenge that I put out there this morning in the group and let's write a couple of things that we are grateful for and what we're looking forward to tomorrow. And uh, I will see everybody this Friday at noon central. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye everyone. Thank